now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one died. Mean Girls. Made at PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, November 4th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I'm very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Looks like it's going to be wet and windy tomorrow in Evanston. Uh, Buckeyes favored by 38. What's your vibe on this game, especially if it's uh, wet and windy conditions, Jay Book? I like it as a test, Dave. Uh, as we get into November in the Big Ten country, uh, you always know that weather could be iffy. Um, so I like this test early. It's not against an opponent that's really going to threaten you. So we're going to get C.J. Stroud in a with a wet football, 20 to 25 miles per hour wind. I think it's a perfect opportunity to try to get your running your running game back up to par. Uh, I look for Ohio State to really roll here. And in the fourth quarter, I see Kyle McCord coming in there. Uh, at that point, we could shoot, we could see some uh, Dallin Hayden and some Chip Trainum getting some carries late in the fourth quarter. I look at it. I look at this as one of those type of day, uh, games, Dave. Go in there, handle your business early. With us having uh, a history of injuries with the team, get your starters out of there as quickly as possible once the game is in doubt. Yeah, somebody is Shane on YouTube echoed what you just said there. I mean, he, he's talking about Chip going for 100 yards from our train. Um, I hope we see – now, who, maybe they'll hold Mayan out. You know, we'll get to that in a second. Um, hopefully, they do hold him out. It's like one of those things where he could play, but it's just a precaution. Um, I'd like to see a lot of Dallin Hayden and Chip Train tomorrow. Talk more about yeah. that if you would. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to uh, Coach Day, he was talking about Chip, said that Chip that has he's really picked up the offense here. He's starting to get a lot more reps in practice. I know the players are high on him. They believe he can clock up to 23, 24 miles per hour once he gets up to his top speed. So he has the ability to play the running back. It was just a matter of getting comfortable with Ohio State's offense. He was a, a kid that came straight out of Ohio over to Arizona State, played as a true freshman running the ball, so it's nothing new to him. Uh, let Dallin Hayden get continue to get that experience here. Um, you know, playing in a Big Ten game, you can't simulate those live game reps. I, I agree with you with Mayan. We're going to need Mayan to be help, healthy as we head down the stretch against Michigan. He, to me, I think he needs to be the bell cow back. I think the offense and the running game kind of takes on his persona. Once he gets a full steam ahead, you really start to see that running game start to click because he gets those extra hitting yards. He gets those extra two to three to four yards to make it a third and one or a second and two. Um, so hopefully he's, he stays healthy. If he does play no serious injuries tomorrow, get out of there, um, you know, as quickly as possible with your starters and get those backup running backs in there to get them some live game reps. Let's talk about mine. You touched on this a little bit. So I agree with you. I mean, he just brings a, a physicality to this running game that they need. Uh, and I like the one-two punch with Mayan and, and Trey, but Mayan's been the best running back on the team this year. Um, I imagine Ryan Day and, and Tony Alford, if you gave them truth serum, would, would admit that. Um, so they're going to need Mayan. They, they won't need him tomorrow, hopefully. But um, the good news is 
it looked like it might be a serious injury. Ryan Day didn't want to give specifics, but did tell me when I asked. It's good news that it's not serious, so that was good news. And then we see him off, coming off the practice field. JSN yeah. was not in pads. Mayan's in full pads. Looked like he was, you know, got got out there, got dirty. He did have a wrap on the left uh, hand. Um, how important is Mayan? You kind of already answered this, but just how much do they need Mayan in your mind to achieve all their goals this year? Incredibly. I mean, he's incredibly important, Dave. I can't remember the last time that we've had both Henderson and Mayan healthy at the same time. I, I do believe that Henderson, like I said earlier, he really sets the tone. He brings an element of toughness. To me, I think his his vision is a little bit better than Henderson. The thing that you really have to uh, like about uh, Mayan is once he puts that foot in the ground, he is decisive. It's, there's no dancing back there. He's not on Dancing with the Stars. He sees it, and he hits it like a freight train, and he punished the defensive backs or the linebackers that try to come up and lay the lumber to him. And he always, like Tony Offer said, he always falling forward. So to me, he, I just think he brings an element of toughness to the run game there. He was really on a hot streak before the, the, in, the knee injury and then this – Previous injury at Penn State kind of um, threw his season a little off track. But good news is he's not he's able to play if they need him. He's not too he's not too banged up as far as, you know, this is a long term concern. So I I just want him to be ready to go against Michigan, Dave, because you cannot beat Michigan throwing the ball 50 times a game. Whoever wins that Michigan game is going to be the team who controls the line of scrimmage on the offense and the defense. And I think that Henderson and, and Williams together make a nasty one-two punch. They're better when they're playing together and they're feeding off each other. Jackson Smith and Jigba continues to be a mystery, although I don't, I don't know if it's that much of a mystery, to be honest with you. Um, his dad was quoted in the Columbus Dispatch earlier this week saying the earliest JSN would be back would be for the Michigan game. Good news is it sounds like they are planning on coming back. Now, who knows? He could play for one snap and re-injure it again. But your take on, on what Jackson Smith and Jigba's dad had to say about his son's status. Just throw your hands up, Dave. Who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going to happen, man? At, at this point in the season, if you get anything from him, it's just going to be a cherry on the top. But how, how poetic would it be, Dave, if JSN did come back against Michigan and make a huge impact play or get a touchdown. Um, but the, the good news for Ohio State fans in this offense is because JSN has not been there, it has allowed Marvin Harrison Jr. to really take over to be that alpha dog in the wide receiver room. I know Marvin has said uh, post-game after Penn State that his and CJ's rapport is to the point to where CJ can give them that look like they did in Penn State non-verbally and say, you know, quick slant is open all day. And that right there is a rapport between the wide receiver and your quarterback to where you're in front of 100,000 people, fourth quarter, game is on the line, Big Ten, Big Ten East title on the line, uh, a chance to, you know, continue your, your top, top four rankings with the playoffs on the line. And here you are with Marvin Harrison and CJ kind of going backyard football, not even the play call that Ryan Day calls in and says, hey, we got this. That type of rapport, Dave, is because you were missing a JSN. Because JSN wasn't there, it forced those younger wide receivers to grow up. Uh, but if he comes back and his dad is right against Michigan, hopefully he can make it through the game, number one, make an impact, 
to where the, and it doesn't throw off the kind of the uh, the timing and everything with the rapport with the current wide receivers. And if that's the case, uh, Dave, and he is coming back from Michigan, just win that ball game and get to the playoff with a JSN Marvinson, Marvin Harrison Jr. and a Mecca at your wide receiver core. And it's going to be some hell to pay. And then we'll be back to Julian Fleming being the number four wide receiver. That's when you know you're stacked. I said that coming into the year, and he's actually playing better than what I thought. I remember saying, like, man, when Julian Fleming's your number four receiver, you're stacked. Yeah. And I did not think he'd be playing this well. I thought maybe next year would be his breakout year. But um, because of the JSN injury, he's had to play more, and he's played yeah. well. Yeah, that'd be great to get JSN back. My gosh, if this, if this team can get healthy, they're the best team in the nation. I am very confident in that. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. Um, big day, speaking of college football. Big day of college football tomorrow. We got Tennessee at Georgia. We got Bama at LSU. We've got Clemson at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is only a three and a half point underdog in that game. So, your thoughts on Tennessee, Georgia, Bama, LSU, and Clemson, Notre Dame? We, we got to start with the Tennessee Georgia game, uh, Dave. I, I think that one's going to be a heck of a game. I'm looking for that to be a high scoring game. I'm really curious to see what that uh, Tennessee tempo is. And the pace that they play at, how the, how would that uh, play against Georgia? How will Hooker look? I mean, a lot of people believe if if Hendon Hooker goes out here and beats Georgia, the Heisman Trophy is his. I mean, it it it'd be hard for CJ to overcome. You know, this kid going out there and beating Alabama, and then going on the road and beating Georgia. So I look at this as being a high scoring game. Will Georgia ground and pound with Tennessee? Will they feel the need to 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 really get out of their comfort zone and really pick it up the, the pace of play and throw the ball all over the field? Because you know that's what Tennessee's going to want to do here. I'm calling for. I mean, I know I know uh, Georgia's a favorite here, even though Tennessee's the number one team in the country. But I'm I'm rolling with Tennessee. I just think that they got something special going on here. I'm 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 not going to. Uh, jump over the line and say this is Joe Burrow LSU type of 2019 Tennessee team because that defense on the Tennessee side is pretty bad. They can be had, but I just think what they got cooking on offense, um, they're going to they're going to cause Georgia a lot of problems here. So I'm going with Tennessee uh, in the upset. Alabama and LSU. I mean, this is this is a sneaky good game. It's it's kind of been drowned out uh, because of the Tennessee Georgia game. But as much as uh, people like to talk about Brian Kelly and his personality, he is a darn good football coach. He has LSU playing some absolutely great football. Uh, Jaden Daniels came from out here at Arizona State, and he was an absolute mess uh, when he was with uh, Herm Edwards, and he's playing out of his mind right now. What he does, Dave, gives Alabama a lot of fits because he he brings that dual threat ability there to where if Alabama has you bottled up, they have the perfect coverage, he can get out of pressure and get that first down with his legs. That causes a lot of problems for, for Alabama here. And this is a tough one, Dave. I'm, I'm going with another upset here. Give me LSU. Nice. Over upsetting Alabama, Alabama, get out of here. You're going to the cot. You're going to the cotton bowl. Um, and then at that point, you're going to start to see the rumblings of the Alabama faithful wanting to get Bill O'Brien out of there. They're going to be questioning if Saban still has it, but I, I just like the way that LSU is hot right now. I do question with them going, coming off a buy there. 
you know, will that hurt the momentum? Because they were hot. They absolutely took it to Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, and they were playing some really good football before that bye week. So I'm going with LSU upsetting uh, Alabama here. Hey, I'm going with Rick. Let's call it Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman, them boys are they're going to pull the upset out. Um, Clemson, they're 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 coming in here. They've been playing on a tightrope lately. They had to bring in their backup quarterback just to bail the team out when they got in trouble. So I don't like where this Clemson team is. I think they're a fraudulent team. I think they're solid on the defensive front, but I think they can be uh, shut down if you can get pressure on DJ. I think Notre Dame offense is still kind of putrid here. I don't think this by any means is going to be a high scoring affair, but I like Notre Dame coming off a of bye week. They're starting to, I'm sorry, they actually uh, beat up on Syracuse. My bad. They actually beat up on Syracuse, um, who was giving ten, uh, Clemson all they can handle here. So I like Notre Dame, LSU, and Tennessee all coming for the upsets. I love, man, you should put a, if you put a three pick parlay on there with three upsets, man, what would, man, what would that pay out? I mean, that'd be like, plus 1,000 or something like that. Maybe not that high. Maybe not crazy odds. But, man, picking all three upsets, I love it. I hope it happens. I might, um, have, to, I'm, I might have to sprinkle a little money on the money line, Dave. There you go. There you go, man. Do the parlay, man. Go three for three. Really, really rake it. it in. Really rake it in. <laughs> right. Let's finish the show talking some recruiting. Um, obviously, Caden McDonald in the fold, the big one tech. Uh, this first time you and I have talked about it. Um, yeah. That's obviously huge that they got him. They, he committed on Monday. So um, your thoughts on Caden McDonald being a Buckeye? I love this pickup, Dave. It's huge. Uh, I had tweeted out, I, I'm really excited that Ohio State has decided to pivot and start focusing on getting at least one of those 300-plus defensive tackles there. With the way that Jim knows wants to re, uh, run that defense, I think it's pivotal to have at least one of those guys every class. You look at uh, Ty Leak, you know, 300-plus, Hero Canoe, a lot of people say he's at probably about 305 here, and then you bring in this kid here. There's some special good speculation that he's up to 325, but you look at his stats, Dave, it's absolutely unreal. He has like 41 career uh, sacks, 30-plus uh, quarterback pressures, over 200 uh, career tackles, and make it so freakishly ridiculous, Dave. He at 325, he also gets carries as a running back. He has seven career rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. He Man. is he is Ohio State's uh version of Jordan Davis. It's very, <laughs> very hard for a team up north past the Mason Dixon line to go down south and pull up one of these 300 plus freakish defensive tackles. It it is ridiculous that uh he puts up those type of stats here. I just think once he gets into Coach Mick's uh, strength and conditioning program and they really turned a lot of that baby fat into muscle there, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. But you cannot teach that type of size. You cannot teach that type of athleticism. And the only place in the country that you're going to be able to go get those type of kids is in the SEC. So if you're able to beat out the Florida, the Oklahomas, the uh, I don't think Georgia had an offer on them because they got their guys, but the Clemsons, you go down there and pull those type of players up north, those are the type of guys that can absolutely wreck the middle of a Big Ten offensive line. Buckeyes lead for five-star defensive end Damon Wilson. That's not new news. Uh, both the Fong and the Dean have crystal balls in for the good guys to land Damon Wilson, a uh, young man out of Venice, Florida. Speak about that a little bit. What are you hearing there? Obviously, if Steve Wilfong and Bill Curlick are hearing good things, that's good. And then Mateo, I want you to get into that a little bit too. Mateo, 
no crystal balls at all in for him yet. Sounds like he's going to push it all the way to the end. Um, your thoughts on Damon Wilson and Mateo? Yeah, when it comes to Damon Wilson, sounds like, uh, you know, Ohio State still leads there. Uh, there's questions on if he's going to visit that Georgia versus Tennessee game. The the word on the street is he's looking to potentially shut down his recruitment starting next week to focus on his high school playoffs. He's an early enrollee uh, looking to enroll in December. So you expect to, to get some type of commitment from him from now until uh, next month. It can be any time, but I suspect that until his you won't hear anything from him until his team has either won the state championship or have been knocked out of the playoffs. So with him shutting it down to focus on that, I don't think you're going to hear anything there. But if if, if you're to believe you know, the crystal balls and everything in Ohio State lands him. That's going to be a heck of a get. Um, and then when it comes to Mateo, I know his mom tweeted out after uh, JT's massive performance. She was just she even tweeted out like of them watching a the game, just saying absolute game changer. So and I thought that that was pretty cool that he tweeted out a picture uh, of of his mother watching the game, just absolutely losing her mind over with the performance of JT. Uh, sounds like Mateo's headed to Notre Dame this weekend just to watch his brother play. I don't think it's anything in regards to uh, a lot of interest with Notre Dame. I think it's more or less of him going to go watch DJ play. But he's kind of a, a quiet kid. You really don't hear too much. There, there was a little smoke that he may be interested in visiting Georgia. Um, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen here. I still believe it's going to be Ohio, Ohio State, USC, and an Oregon battle here. It can go either way. If I had to pick, it's a probably a 50-50 toss-up between Ohio State and USC with him either staying close to home and being enthralled into the uh, the music program that they have at USC or coming over to, uh, to Ohio State where his dad has said Larry Johnson is – by far the best defensive line coach in, um, you know, in the country, in college football. So they know what they're going to get. They've been to Ohio State multiple times there. Uh, and they, it, the thing that you also have to keep in mind, look at the past precedents when it comes to Ohio State recruiting these West Coast kids. When Ohio State is in it to the very end, the odds are that they end up a Buckeye have been extremely in our favor. Usually if it's a West Coast kid and they're not serious about Ohio State, you really start to see it uh, us fade away from the pack. There, there will usually be a lot of interest up front. And then as we get down to crunch time, Ohio State phase, when we're in the thick of it for West Coast kids, it's usually, you know, a coin flip and things have been breaking our way lately. So hopefully this one breaks our way as well. No doubt about it. Uh, one more question for you about recruiting. Like Buckeyes have the number five class for 2023. They're trying to put the finishing touches on it. They get guys like Damon Wilson. That's going to help. Um, who are some other recruits, maybe just a recruit, that you're really keeping a close eye on for the Buckeyes uh, as they close out this 2023 class? I'm still keeping my eye on Keon Keeley, Dave. I still want to see, you know, what what the situation is here. Um, that That whole recruitment has gone quiet. You would think that, you know, after he took that last visit to Alabama – if he was 100% sold on Alabama, would things be trending that way? Um, so there's not a whole lot to go on there. It's just one that I am keeping an eye on here. You haven't heard a lot of chatter. Um, but for the most part, 
you know, Wilson is my he's my number one target on the board that I want to see them uh, bring in with this defensive line, because I think he is an absolute wrecker. I look at Wilson as a game changer. He has one of the most explosive first steps coming off the line. If they can get him, that is going to be a heck of a haul for Larry Johnson with this defensive line. So he is the main those are the main two that I'm looking at. But defensive ends we got to get one if we can get two great if we can get three we're going to be uh jotting down the street naked as Dwayne Long likes to say on the message boards <laughs> we'll let Dwayne handle that I, I'm, a, yeah. I'm not, not going to step on Dwayne's toes there uh, I hear you. <laughs> but I want to get to one more question then we'll get out of here um we have a question from scholar on YouTube that was also my nickname when I was in college everybody called me scholar all right, question for Dave and Jay Book. Of our current starters, who won't return next season? All right, let's go through it. So, C.J. Stroud won't be back, probably. I'm kidding. He's right. not going to be back. Um, and then both tackles, you would think, yep. right? Paris Johnson Jr. and Dewan, right? So, they're probably going to go. Matt Jones could come back if he wants to. He's a sixth-year senior since 2020 didn't count. He might go. That was a fifth-year senior. Maybe he'll come back. Am I leaving anybody else? Am I, oh, JSN will leave, but he's not even really a starter right now. Am I leaving Tommy. anybody else? Tommy. Well, yeah, let's go to defense in a minute. What do you think about Cade Stover? I think he'll come back as a fifth I think, team. Yeah, I think Cade will come back. Uh, Cade has really helped his stock. Um, I think it really helps him that he's being involved, so involved in the passing game. They're doing so much with him. It would be one situation where his his draft stock is high, but he's not being utilized. Um, so I was I will see I, – I, for now, I will lean towards Cade coming back more so than Cade leaving right now. So I think we hit it on offense there. Um, somebody said that they oh, hope. Jones better come back. Somebody yeah. said, I, 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 I will say um, if, if uh, Mayan Williams can Mayan. finish strong down the stretch here, that's going to be a question because running backs, you only have so many, so many carries in your, in your shelf life there. And he's battled some injuries. If he gets a third round type of grade, that would be a question. If does he want to go ahead and, and cash it in? But Nowadays, Dave, with NIL being such a prominent role, you know, if you're third or fourth round, you might be making more money if you're a big dog in Columbus than you right. would in the, in the NFL in the third and fourth round. So that is something to weigh as well. Yeah, and you mentioned – let's get to the defense now. Somebody mentioned – they. somebody said, Jones better come back. This is a Shane on YouTube. Jones, I, I'm guessing he means Matt Jones. Dewan's probably going to go. Matt Jones, I don't think he'd be drafted, but fifth-year senior – Hopefully he comes yeah. back to the six year, six year senior. Um, I don't I don't think Matt has uh, played well enough, Dave. I mean, these last two weeks against Iowa and Penn State, he was out there getting manhandled. Uh, so I think he needs to get uh, some tape on film against elite defenses front to showing that he can actually handle it. But right now, I think that he definitely needs to come back. But he's on borderline, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round, maybe free agent if he doesn't if he decides to leave right now with the tape that he has out there. So we'll get to Tommy in a second. You think Tommy's going to leave probably. Shane thinks Tommy could come back. That's where I'm. I think he could come back. He might leave. No but Tommy, could. you know, Tommy's one of those like weird dudes. He's like a straight up like football dude, Dave, to where, you know, he could just say, I like being in college. And, it, you know, he doesn't talk much. So I would not be surprised if Tommy decided to come back and just be like, hey, I like, you know, playing with under Jim Knowles. Uh, I like what we're doing here as a defense. I'm having a great season. I like uh, being at Ohio State. I can go get my graduate degree and at that point go to the NFL because he's not hurt for money. His, his brother's a starter for the Miami Dolphins. So I, I could see Tommy absolutely coming back and saying, hey, why not go for another year? 
Yeah, his brother stayed five years at Notre Dame. I think Tommy, if I had to guess right now, will come back for a fifth year. You're right. I mean, NIL helps. Tommy's a different kind of cat. And I was uh, Mel Kuyper released his big board yesterday on ESPN+. Plus, and uh, the, the, the top 32 is interesting. What I liked is looking at he, each position he ranked the top 10 at each position. Tommy was only the number eight draft eligible middle linebacker. So maybe Mel Kuyper's off there, but if he's only the number eight middle linebacker draft eligible, I mean, that's, you're looking at third day pick at that point. So hopefully he comes back. All right. Defensive line, Zach, Zach Harrison. Some of these guys could come back. Zach Harrison could come back. He's not going to. No, he Uh, has to go. Yeah. Teron Vincent's a fifth year senior could come back. I think he'll go. I think, Um, I think those, those are two starters right there. Um, Tommy, we'll see about him. Um, DBs, Cameron Brown. Do we consider him a starter? He'll, he's gone, fifth-year senior. Tanner McAllister. And everybody else. Ronnie Hickman could go pro, I guess, but I don't know. I right. think he'll be back. Am I missing anybody? Couldn't couldn't Ransom go? Couldn't Leighton go? He could. He's a third-year guy. He could. Yeah. Uh, Leighton Ransom, he can go depending on how, you know, what his draft grade comes back. I'm sure once the season's over – He'll ask to get a grade on him, and if he's getting high grades, I, I think Lathan Ransom will have a decision to make as well. Um, but, yeah, so they, they do have some guys, but the good news is they have some very talented younger guys behind them. I know when somebody said if Tommy goes that uh, C.J. Hicks might go or something like that. I just think that they'll find a place for C.J., Sonny, a lot of those younger guys if the guys ahead of them try to come back. I'm replying to, to Sue on uh, YouTube here. Um, she was saying Kuiper is off on CJ and Will Levis. Maybe he had a previous one where he had Levis ranked ahead, and I did respond that Kuiper does have CJ as the number one quarterback, number three on the big board. He has Will Levis over Bryce Young, though. He's got Levis four, then Bryce Young five on the big board. And then at quarterback, it goes CJ, Levis, Bryce Young. I'm not buying the Levis stuff, man. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying enough. I mean, you look at Tennessee secondary and their pass defense was awful. I think Will Levis had like 90 some yards passing or something like that. I mean, think about it like this. James Franklin picked Sean Clifford over Will Levis. I mean, James Franklin's not the smartest coach in the world. He makes some of the, the, the most <laughs> ridiculous in-game coaching decisions. Uh, but I, I just can't see a, a kid who was picked over uh, by Sean Clifford going as a top five quarterback. I know they like his size and a lot of the intangibles and stuff like that, but I just don't see it. I just don't see a kid that you turn over the franchise over to and say, hey, you know, put the franchise on your back and, and get us to the playoffs. I just don't see that from him. Yeah, he seems like a second round pick to me, not like top of the first round, like top five overall pick. No. That has bust written all over it. All right, great stuff, as usual, from Jonah Booker. I'm going to bug Jonah tomorrow. He's going to join me like he did last week for the postgame show right after the Northwestern game. Um, Jonah's going to hop on about 20 minutes after the final gun. We'll get him in here, get his thoughts on Ohio State's win over Northwestern tomorrow. Um, Great stuff, as always, out of Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. Thank you to all of the listeners and viewers out there. Appreciate you guys very much. If you like the show, uh, give us a like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. All that stuff really helps. Thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks again to all of you. Hope you all have a great day and a great weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow, Bucknutters.
hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns. The last time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing, and then everything changed in a blink of an eye. My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries, showcasing real-life tragedies. What if it was your child who went missing? We need to know the truth. Never seen again. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.